0: is this our mystery caller
1: it is our mystery
0: caller. so is the idea that i have to guess who it is or no have...
1: you're not going to guess who it is i'm so happy that he was able to call in it doesn't matter to me at this moment that we've been talking about it for 45 minutes <laughs> i am pleased to introduce you to frank himmelstein oh yeah do you remember why i brought frank's name up
0: oh gosh give me a second it's just, this is this is gonna kill me mm-hmm. um go ahead why?
1: Because I have been driving back and forth between Long Island and Boston, and as I drive through Connecticut, it has and passing through a whole bunch of exits, etc. in Connecticut, one of which may lead me to Lebanon, Connecticut. I brought up the name of Frank Homelstein, who who runs Himmelstein Homestead Farms who is a Jewish farmer in Lebanon, Connecticut.
0: Right. And, and I, I've seen his Facebook page. Correct. It's amazing.
1: His Facebook page is, page is amazing. And then the him amongst thousands and thousands of squash is possibly one of my favorite pictures on Facebook.
0: That is a great photo.
1: And I wanted to invite him to join us today on the live lunch because not only is the story in and of itself of him being a Jewish farmer in Connecticut, interesting, and still an active farm that's been in existence for over 100 years, a hundred years—a farm in his family. But also because the picture of the sukkah on his farm
0: that was great—was great. Hey, Frank, welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network.
2: Sorry for
1: my delay. <laughs> not at it's all. It's all right. It's not
0: all right. A, not at all. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure the activities of the farm sometimes could cause a delay. Um, Those pesky squash. Is your yeah. is your farm open to the public?
2: Yeah, anybody can come. We and. and- and visit the farm sure we
0: can come and visit and when we get there we'll see how many varieties of what
2: i mean well right now you know is, i have a lot of winter squashes you know the season is past for tomatoes and peppers and eggplant and cucumbers and things like that but my my main crop so i can sort of keep farming all year round is to grow uh winter squash so i have you know sales, and produce available to the public almost right till next spring. So
0: you don't need tremendous cooperation from the weather in order to do that, the the winter squash?
2: Oh, I I need tremendous cooperation from the weather all the time. (laughs)
0: Even even for winter squash?
2: Everything, everything. Why are you— Anything that grows in the ground needs cooperation from the weather.
0: Why did Miriam introduce you as a Jewish farmer? Is there something unique to not only being a farmer but being a Jewish farmer?
2: Well. If if you asked this question seventy five years ago, they would have said so what. Right. But the fact that uh, my generation is is uh, there's not too many people left that that kept their family farms going.
0: And was your family farm always known for produce? That was the uh, that was no.
2: Al- my 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 farm was a dairy farm from nineteen thirteen to two thousand and four. Wow. my dad came to my dad worked for 85 years when it became too much for him uh, that was you know the end of the dairy business
0: and how old were you when your farm work began
2: how old was i yeah were you when were, were you a work began?
0: were you a 4 uh, or 5 year old and doing real work along the farm or not
2: yes and by the time i was 9 years old i had already taken over the uh, family garden from my grandmother who you know was already getting too too old for her. She was in her 80s when she gave it up. So yeah, I was completely in, an independent gardener by the time I was nine years old.
0: Unbelievable. Whole thing is incredible. Um, and and tell us about the sukkah. I mean, this is this is. I mean, I I assume it's it, it's built so that you can have a sukkah, right? That it's not a. Ter- I have-
2: unfortunately, I didn't have time this year to put it up. I went to a friend's sukkah, but I I do have a sukkah, and it's nice because I can decorate it with everything that's grown on the farm, (laughs) whether it's the corn stalks, or the pumpkins, or, or gourds, or whatever is available. Or, See, it's funny. And, uh, it's even funny. the rooster comes and visits me in the sukkah when I'm in there. You know, so. it's funny when we <laughs> when
0: we put the colored cobs on our sukkah. We think we're farmers, right?
1: <laughs> right, but we bought them at Michael's. You got them. You got exactly. them from the backyard.
0: <laughs> you got the. Frank, right, what what right. kind
1: of winter squash are you? Um, are you harvest? Is it harvesting or growing? I don't know the right term. No,
2: it's all it's all harvested. It's, it's stored. It's going to be stored in the barn till about Thanksgiving, and then I put it in the, in the heated farmhouse so I can have it, uh, you know, right till spring or when you know whenever it runs out.
0: So, you, um, right. I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Now I was going to ask your squash is going to be where eventually? Are there certain stores we might work walk into and actually purchase your produce or not?
2: No, everything is pretty much local here. I, I sell to a few local co-ops. Um, there's a um, business called Connecticut Farm Fresh Express that delivers my stuff anywhere in Connecticut that somebody wants it. So I do have a lot of my stuff that goes down to Fairfield County,
1: Connecticut. I could see uh, a lot of people
0: in Connecticut making sure they have the freshest and best farm fresh produce, right? No, for sure. But tell, me
1: what, tell me what varieties you've got.
2: Right now I have butternut squash. I have two varieties of acorn squash. I have four varieties of buttercup squash. Um, three varieties of spaghetti squash, I have pie pumpkins, uh, and I have delicata.
1: Delicata, probably right now, at least I would say in the Jewish world, is the most popular squash. There are so many recipes that are coming out as if delicata squash just hit the market this year and that it's the newest thing out there. It is, it is literally the hottest squash, if that's not the strangest sentence I've ever said, but it is the hottest squash right now in the Jewish community. Interesting.
2: Well, the other thing is it's not huge, I mean, somebody said the other day, you know, if you're gonna grow a blue Hubbard squash, which I've sold out of already, um, you know, it's almost it requires a family commitment to eat, <laughs> to eat the 40 gallons of soup that'll come out of it, you know.
1: Right, but the right, but the delicata, they're small and the the right. skin the skin is is thin enough that and edible, so you don't have to worry about that, you know. Which is the
0: best squash to make soup with? Squash soup.
1: I mean, I would I would say probably butternut. Is, the, is awesome. the stalwart. Yeah.
0: I didn't realize there are three varieties of spaghetti squash, Frank.
2: Yes, there's, um, well, because some of the spaghetti squashes are large in size, so I grow this personal size uh, spaghetti <laughs> squash for those Pocket people, size. you know, who don't have big families or, you know, do they, they not want to be eating spaghetti squash for a week. Am I right whatever. that
0: spaghetti squash is a big new one in our community also? No, not at it's all. Nuts. I grew up
1: on no. spaghetti no. squash. Really? Yeah. yeah. How come I only
0: discovered it like a year or two ago? Because you live
1: on the Lower East Side and they don't sell spaghetti squash Thank you. We have
0: farmer's markets here, right? You do not. No? You never saw 14th Street?
1: Frank, let me ask you another question. (laughs) I read recently, I don't even remember where it was, but I read recently of a new variety of butternut squash that is the size of the palm. The size of the palm of your hand. They
2: they call it honey nut.
1: Right. Honey nut or like 868 or 878. It has some kind of a numerical number, you know, uh, a numerical name as well.
2: Yeah. I, well, there's probably different varieties. I, I, I grow a variety called, um, called, uh, I think baby nut.
1: And it's, and it's, so is it's, it,
2: it's actually a little better than honey nut. Honey nut doesn't keep very, doesn't keep very long. We're it's speaking, not a, it's not a long keeper. So the one I grow, actually, the variety is, is keeps, you know, well, like, like a
0: regular button. Up. We're speaking to Frank Himmelstein. He's the owner and operator of Himmelstein uh, Homestead Farm.
1: Is it Himmelstein or Himmelstein? Himmelstein. What okay. is the
0: closest synagogue to Lebanon, Connecticut?
2: Growing up, there was probably eight synagogues within, within, uh, within 15 minutes of my house. Wow. Interesting. Uh, it was, it was, it was a huge Jewish community that, you know, people say Jewish farmers, like, like I said, I was old enough. I'm, I I turned 61 this year, but I'm old enough when I remember that every community had one or even two active, you know, synagogues. Right. They were packed. Um, But I, I go to one in Colchester, Connecticut right now.
0: How far are you from New Haven?
2: New Haven, about an hour. Interesting. North an
1: hour north. Yep.
0: Are we going are we yep. going to visit Frank? We're or... going to
1: see Frank. See Frank. The, the the reason this all besides the fact that it came up on my Facebook page is that un- unfortunately I had a um I had an ailing family member in Boston who I was going back and forth to visit. Um yes. yeah, unfortunately she she passed away last week. Um but was it last week. But um but nevertheless every time I drove through Connecticut and there was some street uh, there was some exit that said something farm road or whatever i'm like you know i gotta reach out to this guy frank who posts these amazing pictures on facebook of him and a million delicata squash and just you know and i said to Nahum at one point on one drive to boston i said i'm I'm gonna get off the road and go find this guy <laughs> i'm going to lebanon connecticut and then i said you well, know what
2: to- yeah you- i'm i'm one of the last of the, the jewish farmers in this area and uh there's a lot of history. Have, have you heard of the documentary "Harvesting Stones"?
1: No. Yeah.
2: It was a documentary that um, Jerry Fisher, the uh, past executive director of the Jewish Federation of Eastern Connecticut, it, it took him I don't know about 14 years. He interviewed farmers, he, even my dad and, and people of you know previous generation, and he created a documentary. It's called "Harvesting Stones: The Jewish Farmers of Eastern Connecticut," and it actually was nominated for an Emmy Award. Wow. Um, and and about it runs about an hour and a half and probably twenty minutes of the footage was movies that my aunt took in nineteen thirty nine of the farm operation. Wow. So um it's ver it was a very superb footage and we interviewed a lot of farmers and uh you get a really good idea of what Jewish farmers were like in eastern Connecticut.
0: Wow. If you saw the squash they sell in the supermarket on this block, would you laugh? <laughs> yes you you would right
2: yes I, I i get the my biggest kick is that uh you, you go into the store i won't name which one it's probably is common to all stores and you'll see these squash all cut up you know in little chunks or yeah. whatever yeah yeah sure they, and they call it fresh cut <laughs> i call it i call it quick spoil <laughs> i love it
0: uh you like, can check you can check I out be, go ahead
2: i, I I said, when I went on Facebook, I said, who can't afford to cut up their own squash it takes a second or whatever oh you know, frank unless, unless you're physically disabled you know i, I somebody came up and i said okay i could get that but i said i don't think they'd be selling that much of it i said if it was just you know for for for, for the
0: disabled frank, frank we, I don't frank, want, we I,
1: live in a we live in a world where they sell salt water packaged for pesos.
0: i don't want to bur- <laughs> i don't want to burst your bubble but here in manhattan everything is cut up yeah. in advance and put in. it
1: stay out of manhattan
0: you can't buy a watermelon without it being cut up <laughs>
2: I made it. I made a joke. I said, for the price that they're charging in the store, I said, I would cook it right out in the field for you, and it would really be fresh. <laughs> I love
1: it. It's <laughs> hysterical.
0: Check out Frank's Facebook page. It's Himmelstein Homestead Farm up in Lebanon, Connecticut, one of the few remaining Jewish farmers on what we will call one of the few remaining Jewish farms. Frank, so much, thank you so much for calling in and being part of the show today.
2: Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate
1: it. And Frank, and Frank, don't be surprised if we show up one day.
0: I'm telling you, we got to do that'll, it.
1: That'll be fine.
0: Frank Himmelstein, he's at the uh, Himmelstein Homestead Farms up in uh, Lebanon. Connecticut. Well, you were right. You were right.
1: That was, uh, I know that was exciting. Right? That was, that
0: was exciting to speak to Frank. Wasn't wow. that fun? It was great. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I wish we had more time. I wish. I mean, I, I wish we had more time, but it was. It was great. We could have. We could have talked a lot more, but, you know, we can always invite him back. There you go.
0: Uh, thank you so much. Been My a great pleasure. Live lunch. And if you uh, find Yoni, uh, tell him thank you and uh, wish him a wonderful Shabbos as well.
1: Yeah, wherever he went.
0: Wherever he went is right. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday here at the Malcolm Siegel Network.